my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Bertie Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a terrific weekend. A great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Aaron Bandler. Always a great time talking to Aaron. Uh, and we had a lot to discuss. Uh, we talked a little football. Uh, we talked about the Democrats filming gay porn in the Capitol building. How many of y'all had uh, had that one on your 2023 bingo card? Um, and we talked about all the latest from the Israel-Gaza war. Um, a lot to discuss. Before we get to Aaron, uh, if you haven't already, guys, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure, make sure to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. If you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Aaron Bandler. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Aaron Bandler. Aaron, how you been, man? Well, these days, you know, I'm day by day. How about you, sir? <laughs> I hear that. I hear that, my friend. Um, you know, we can start off the show with some positive news. It's uh, me and you next week in the second week of the fantasy playoffs. It's going to be a it's going to be a barn burner, brother. Well, I mean, if by fart burner, you mean like your team's going to torch mine, then sure. <laughs> you know, uh, as you were discussing before the show, my team is just ravaged by injuries. I don't know. I, I mean, I, it's just like the third year in a row where I'm just going to get bounced in the first round after a bye because, I, you know, just too many injuries. I know that this time of year, like, you know, everyone's dealing with injuries in their fantasy teams, but it just seems like my, my teams have always been hit the hardest. So, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, I, I mean, sometimes random people off the waiver wire can surprise you, so... We'll see. Who? Wait, I think you beat me in the regular season, right? That's right. I, I did, but that yeah. was my team is a lot was a lot different back then, and so was yours. <laughs> That's true. I, dude, I, I, I started trading hard, man. Mid season, I just saw the writing on the wall. I was like, I gotta do something about this. The bottom is falling out. <laughs> you know, I made a whole bunch of trades, and then, dude, I had to beat Brad Devlin, the defending champ, two weeks in a row. To get here, and I did. That was yeah. A, that's miraculous. Well, I, I I think what happened to him in part was that you know he got Arthur Smith. He did. You know because he was he was beating John Robinson, and Arthur Smith just didn't play him <laughs> yesterday for reasons that like it, it's not it's kind of say to Arthur Smith like why he does why sometimes he just won't use Bijan for for like long stretches of time and no one understands it. Um, I mean, and so that's that was one that was one of the reasons for Brad's uh for for. Brad's downfall yesterday. He uh, got yeah. Arthur Smith hard, and then he also got Christian McCaffrey hard at the same time. Yep. I mean, it's just, you know, like if, because Bijan is his RB1, CMC's my RB1. Yeah. 41.7 points. Yeah. I mean, to 0.4 <laughs> points. Yeah. 0. 0.4. Oof. That is, uh. Yeah, that, that's, that's pretty brutal. There's just no coming back from that. No. Dude, it's funny, man. I uh, I did two huge trades with Jeremy Frankel, and they totally worked out for me. But also, they totally went. They worked out for him too. Like I helped. We both helped each other create absolute juggernauts. Two thirds the way through the season, it's just one of those rare occasions where trades just like work out for both guys. Like it's I don't know. Never seen anything like it. But like we both yeah. won out. 
Like we did a couple huge trades and then both went on like five game winning streaks. So I don't know, man. Sometimes everything just works yeah, out. Yeah, sometimes for it. it happens. I mean, in my case, I, I make a, a couple of trades this year that I think they've all backfired on me. You know, so go figure. Many such cases. Yeah. Many such cases. I'll tell you what. Before we uh, jump into politics, man, my su- my uh, 49ers Super Bowl pick is uh, holding up quite nicely. Yes, uh, sir. Man, they dropped what 50 yesterday? Goodness. It, it close 45? to that. I think it was, uh, it's like, so, so, so I think it was like 45. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, when this team is healthy, it, it just look unstoppable. Of course, they were down um, their top two defensive tackles yesterday. So I mean, so, so that's why the run defense was kind of bad yesterday. Uh, they had to sit it matter because that offense just yeah. when, when it's healthy, it's it's just an unstoppable machine. So you know, but 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 uh, this week the Niners play the Ravens. So um, and, and you're going to be there. Very, I will be there. Yes, um, Christmas Day. It, 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 it's I'm excited. Um, That's awesome. But 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 but, the, but they're going to need to be a full strength to, to beat that team because the Ravens look like they're the, the they're the top. Uh, you know, they're the top team in the AFC. It could be a Super Bowl preview. Could be. Um, could so, be. You know. And- Unfortunately, and, and they also will have interesting fantasy applications too, since yeah. you know you have CMC and Debo. Um, so and that Ravens defense, it's it's not the Cardinals defense. So yeah, yeah, it's a uh, man. Yeah, I mean your rooting interests in that game <laughs> are are gonna be very unique. I mean it's uh, you know yes, obviously <laughs> obviously you'd rather have the Niners win, you know, but like you know you're you're gonna be happy and sad. Basically, no matter what happens, either side of the ball. Man, the flip side of the Niners is the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's over. It's just... Yeah, sorry, it's, buddy. <laughs> it's never been so over than it's been right now at this very moment. Turns out uh, you need a you need a quarterback. That's... Uh, you need one. Can't... Yeah, that's... Uh, not not going to win a lot of games without one. So, uh, Steeler Nation is... Uh, yeah, man. They had, a, they had a good 18-year run there, and who knows? I looked it up. Terry Bradshaw retired in 1982. Ben was drafted in 04. So, um, you know, hopefully it doesn't take that yeah. long to get a quarterback. But sometimes, I mean, when you were a kid, man, the Niners had a lot of years oh, where they were really I bad. Know. So you've seen how bad it can go, mm-hmm. you know, between Steve Young and, and the next guy, man. Sometimes it takes a long time. It, yeah, it, it really does. I mean, there are so many names that just bring back PTSD to that the battle days you know like yeah, i mean it's probably names that that, that, that that be nothing to you but like tim retay ken dorsey uh and then more recently blaine gabbert Ugh. you know yeah. um yeah i mean it's hard man it, it's 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 it, it can take a, it can take a long time to find that 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 franchise quarterback so you know it, it's like it's, you get when you have one you know you get you really got to cherish it while you can because you know you never know what's yeah because you know what's going to happen you know yeah Yep. Steelers fans on Twitter, man, it's, it's, uh, they, I don't know, man, people get used to 18 years is a long time. (laughs) So it's like, you know, that's, uh, if you're a young person, that is the majority of your lifetime. So Steelers fans just don't remember. They do not remember what it's like to struggle. And, uh, I mean like even the year that Ben missed all year, it's like, well, he'll be back. So, (laughs) you know, they just sucked it up, watched some shitty football and then enjoyed the next year. So it's like, I don't know, man. It's going to be bad. Speaking of bad, the Democrats are now filming gay porn in the Senate hearing rooms. <laughs> Add that to the list of things I never thought I would say when I started this podcast almost seven years ago. Um, but I don't really have much to add. Um, what 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 do you say? 
Um, super glad I mean, decency what, 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 won what in 2020. Can you, say? you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I think that the, the jokes just write themselves. I will say that the various memes that, that have been produced on Twitter since that video came out, it just like grade A, grade A content. I just, man. Look, if, if these guys go unpunished, legally speaking, for making gay porn in the Capitol building, when Republicans got 20 years in a federal prison for taking a leisurely stroll through the Capitol building. <laughs> I mean, like, obviously, you know, the most annoying thing in the world is right-wingers, like, crying hypocrisy as if, like, the left cares, you know? They're like, yeah, yeah no kidding. Yeah, we win, you lose. You know, that's that's the Democrat way. But it's just like, what a jarring example of how ridiculous the justice system is, you know what I mean? If these kids aren't... I, mean, I have to imagine that's... I have to imagine that's against the law, Aaron. I don't. I don't know. I'm no lawyer. Yeah, I, I, I'm no I, I, lawyer. I mean, honestly, I, I I have no idea if if it's illegal or not. Um, so probably yeah, should be. I, I, probably should be. But what do I? I know? mean, it wouldn't surprise me. But I, I mean, who knows? I mean, you know. I mean, if, 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 I, the thing is, is that I'm not sure anyone was really all that surprised that it happened. You know. Just no. Because the state of politics these days. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. I mean, look, the government is essentially two dudes banging in the Capitol building anyway, isn't it? Pretty much. Just, I mean, we've all been fucked by that by that building anyway uh, over the yeah. years, so my goodness. I mean, as 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 this news was breaking, you know, the American taxpayer uh, we'll stop talking about the gay Democrats right after this, I promise. But we, uh, as as this narrative was unfolding, the American taxpayer paid 800 grand to remove the reconciliation memorial from Arlington National Cemetery. Uh, mind you, not not like a statue of Robert E. Lee or Jefferson Davis or something like that. It was the actual reconciliation memorial celebrating the end of the Civil War. Um, so, and like I, I know these are two wildly unrelated topics i'm not trying to equate the two but i'm just saying like the same people who are making gay porn in the capitol building are are saying we need to tear down statues because of some new modern morality or some such nonsense so it's just like next time you hear a democrat talking about they need to tear down statues or silent speech or anything like that it's like it's not it's not about decency or morality or modern values or anything like that. They just want to tear it down. I mean, these people just want to tear it down. And I'm no sta- I'm not personally I'm not a fan of statues, not a big graven images guy, more of a Bible guy myself. But, you know, just remember it's just a part of their plan, man. There's no like they're not making legitimate arguments here. These are the same journos and politicians that are totally burying the gay porn story from the Capitol. So it's like, you know, don't don't listen to these people's. They're not making a legitimate moral argument or anything. Oh sure, I've seen plenty of people tweet um, that that the bigger issue is that is, is that the government has been screwing over the taxpayer for years. You know, and a lot of those memes that that have been produced since since that video came out have been. So a lot of them have been focused on the fact that that's like in many ways. You know the government has been has been you know screwing over the the, 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 the ta- this is almost like a metaphor it's almost like a metaphor for the government screwing over the, the American taxpayer. Oh know? yeah. And, and and what 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 you what what you just mentioned there is just is the example you mentioned is just one of many examples over the years. I mean, I, I mean where are we now? Like like, th- like over thirty one trillion dollars in debt, and and that's before you include unfunded liabilities. Yeah. Like yeah. 
I, I mean, this, this just like that, that, that is not going to end well for no. any of us in this country, for sure. No, absolutely not. One more thing. I, we got to get off this topic because I realize it doesn't matter. But yeah, it's just I just I love by love. I mean, hate. But I I love the press so much in moments like this because the headlines, it's just the journalists. Look, if there are any corporate journalists listening, and I know there are not, but if if this podcast stumbles into any of your eardrums, corporate journalists, you don't have to defend everything. You really don't. I promise you don't. I know you think you do because you feel like you're letting the part, capital P party down if you don't. But I promise you don't. These 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 guys filmed gay porn and put it on the internet. Their their faces are in the video. They admitted to it, <laughs> and the kid was fired. Okay, so the headline the headlines all weekend are like Senate staffer who conservative outlets claim made gay porn in the Senate hearing. It's like, guys, it's what what are we doing? You don't you don't have to behave like this. You can just report it like normal. Like, you don't have to pretend to be okay with it. You don't have to pre- pretend to support this behavior. It's just like, I don't know. This seems kind of like the most clear-cut issue on, in the history of the world. Like, I don't know why the press had to try to tie themselves into pretzels over gay porn being filmed in the Capitol building. Yeah, but, 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 but of course, as you said, it's like, you know, that they, they have to, you know, support the party. So, um yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I mean, as someone who, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not a corporate journalist by any means, uh, but you, I certainly understand how sometimes, like, you have to put the word alleged in, in articles to protect yourself legally. Um, I'm not sure this is one of those cases. You know, um, I, I mean, there are ways to write that neutrally um, and, and, and have proper attribution without necessarily having to go through, like, the uh the without going through the word salad gymnastics of conservative outlets alleged like <laughs> i mean the sad linking post he was fired you could just you could just say those things you know it's not that hard dude one more thing i promise we'll change the subject after this one, one more the funniest the funniest and he deleted the tweet but this guy alex uh Bruzowitz, who who works for uh the trump campaign oh yeah <laughs> that was hilarious <laughs> he deleted he deleted the tweet. He deleted it. But but he was like, the tweet, oh my gosh, I got to pull it up. But it was something along the lines of, I've watched the video at least like, 10 times. And, and all I got to say is, the Democrats are sick and we just got to, Trump has got to win Trump. in 2020. And it's like, dude, <laughs> why? 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 Like, you can't, like, if you love Trump so much that you will admit to watching gay porn 10 times as a straight man, an allegedly straight man. My brother, you've gone, you've taken some wrong turns in life. You just got to put the phone down. Don't, man, that is, oof. Unfortunately for him, the internet's forever. So that screenshot, I I think it's going to haunt him the rest of his life. That is, uh, Alex Bruceowitz definitely has a lot of cringeworthy tweets, but that I think is probably an (laughs) all-timer. Um, is, and, and remember that this guy was this guy is being paid thirty five thousand dollars to promote Trump. So, you know, yeah, I'll, I mean, I, I'll, I, I'll, I'll, only the best people, right? Yeah, I, I hope he's getting paid more than that now to admit to watching gay porn because that <laughs> yeah. is just, I mean, thirty yeah, thirty five is a little light, bro, <laughs> for, <laughs> for for that tweet. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man. All right. So let's talk about real things going on in the world that matter. Yeah. Um, there's really no good way to transition from, from the last topic to the next one, but um, we'll just jump right in. <clears throat> These anti-Semitic demonstrations in major American cities are still happening all over the place. If you haven't noticed, it's because the press stopped covering it. What it, it seems like two, three weeks ago, kind of everybody stopped talking about it. But a guy was arrested over the weekend for attacking Jews outside a synagogue in Georgetown. He was uh, yelling, uh, quote, gas the Jews uh, at the time. Um, mm-hmm. which is funny because I thought this was all about Israel's government or something. Um, but yeah, man, this, this stuff isn't going to stop anytime soon, is it? No, it's not. Um, I mean, it really feels, it feels like ever since October 7th, the October 7th massacre happened, it's just unleashed. Like it's, it's opened a Pandora's box of anti-Semitism. And look, I mean, I've been covering this stuff for, uh, for several years now. And, you know, I, I, and I've always known that it's, that it's, that it's been on the rise for quite some time. Um, but, I don't think any of us really understood just how bad it was until October 7th happened. And now it's just everywhere. It's like every, every day it feels like there's some like pro Hamas protest happening. Um, you know, whether it's like, uh, 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 last week there was a protest like on, on the 110 freeway, uh, and, uh, or, uh, uh, sorry, it's was, it was either 110 or, or the 10, I forget which one, but, but, but one of those major LA freeways, you know, some protesters were actually like on the freeways, like holding up traffic. Um, there's another protest uh, nearby LAX. Uh, I mean, there were protests, and, and I, I think in, I think it was in Toronto, um, as people were doing their holiday shopping. Um, and, and, and during and on Thanksgiving Day, um, some protesters uh, protested in front of the a home owned by the president of APAC, in, and they were like, you know, throwing smoke bombs, and, and um, they had like, um, like models of, of of dead babies thrown on. Th- th- thrown on th- on this guy's driveway. They're accusing him of genocide. They had a, a ha- had a banner saying "F your holiday," um, and so uh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 just become a part of everyday existence now, and people have become numb to it. Yeah. Um, and that's not good because I because the, because this is basically what happened in the 30s. You know, I I I, I mean, not quite like this, of course, but but the whole idea of, of of protesting Jews or protesting Jewish businesses and so forth, um, that that happened in the 30s, and, and that was that that was a precursor to the Holocaust. It, it's it, so, you know, I mean, it, it's 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 a frightening time, uh, yeah. and what's scary about it is that, um, I say what's particularly scary about it is that because a lot of people have bought the whole narrative that oh. Like there's protesting the Israeli government. Oh, you know, and it's just anti-Zionism, not anti-Semitism. You know, I, I it's, you know, it, it gets passed off as legitimate when it shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, and so that's why the Jewish community is very afraid right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't blame them. You know, it's yeah. uh, and it, like <clears throat> the anti-Semitism. There's like three distinct groups. Um, or I guess there's more, but there's like obviously. There's rabid anti-Semitism among Muslims all over the world, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and when you the we Islamists, brought, yeah, we brought millions and millions of Muslim refugees into this country, and you see places like Dearborn, Michigan, and elsewhere that are just, you know, a couple cities in, in Minnesota as well, just completely overrun with with anti-Semitism because of the the Muslim refugees who live there. And then there's like there's like the young lefties 
like the I'm sure you you saw and reported on the the poll of I don't know if it was just Harvard or if it was a bunch of the Ivy League schools that like the overwhelming majority of college students in in these universities said that Jews are oppressors and should be treated as such. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. like by that I assume they mean killed. Um, but like you know these groups, obviously that's of course anti-Semitic, but. I think it it's the root of it is just their hatred of like America and the West and 100%. it just takes the form of anti-Semitism. You know, like I doubt most of these kids have ever met a Jew depending on where they grew up. They just view Israel and Jews as an extension of America or white supremacy or, or whatever. Um, and then like a lot of, uh, you know, and then there's like the white nationalist crowd, people like that who have always yeah. hated Jews. And then there's like, but like the young like liberal college student group, a lot of like libertarians and anti-war people are exactly like that, where they just blame Israel for for things that they hate about the U.S. government, which is like the most bizarre thing in the world to me, because you're letting your own government off the hook for everything. You know, like they blame Israel for all the wars the United States have been involved in as if I mean, but it's like, OK, it's it's not the Knesset taking your money and sending it overseas. It's Congress. It's not. BB Netanyahu initiating these wars and, and sending American troops like that would be Bush and Obama and Trump, Biden, you know, like the worst of all the wars, the most destructive of all the wars was Iraq War Two, And nobody was more pissed about that than Israel. I mean, killing Saddam Hussein and empowered Iran and, and expanded Iran's influence. It's not like Israel was worried about terrorism being funded by Iraq, you know. So it's like it's just this misplaced like if you want to if you want to protest the wars go for it I'm, I'm against these wars too but why the heck are you blaming israel yeah i mean that's like it doesn't even yes they're their ally yes we give them military aid and stuff like that and if you want to talk about aid talk about aid but like it's not it's just this misplaced blame you should be blaming washington dc <laughs> you know what i mean not not the israeli government so it's like all these people all these different groups are being anti-semitic for a variety of different reasons and then the left never isn't ever going to say a peep about it because these people are their coalition they need their votes to to win any election so it's like you know i don't know so it's just this hodgepodge of different people all hating jews for a variety of different reasons and most of them don't even understand what they're saying and why you know it's just it's just it's sad man and it's scary and i don't know i, I don't know how long it's going to be like this you know I, I i assume these these attacks and these protests are going to outlive the the war itself by quite a bit at this point, it sure seems like it. I mean, it seems like whenever um, war breaks out in the Middle East between between Israel and Hamas, um, it, it seems like these protests always always spring up. I mean, two two years ago, I remember there was like a two and a half week uh, co- uh, conflict between between Israel and Hamas. Uh, that was our Operation Guardian of the Walls, I think. Um, and um, we saw a lot of protests during those two and a half weeks. And then when the and then there's a ceasefire, and then they kind of died down. But 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 this, but this feels different because yeah. because now um, because I, I I think what happened with with, with, the, with the massacre I I think anti-Semites smelled blood in the water um, and and now now they feel emboldened um, and and Israel is going to win this war and they're going to eliminate Hamas so there there is that is going to happen. You know, any other outcome is not possible. It, it right. just isn't because Israel is clearly outmanned now, has more manpower uh, and more technology on their side than Hamas does. 
Um, but and also the fact that Israel's fighting for its survival too. Uh, but 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 the fact but the thing is that it just feels like this time that that even once Hamas is eliminated, like the protests will continue because I, I think at, at this point, like the Pandora's box has been opened. So it's it's like you can't really put it like once once that box is opened, you can't put it back in. Um, right. And so I, I I think it's just going to keep continuing and um you know I, I think even when the war is over, like the the. The rallying cry that the Semites right now is, is is the accusation of genocide. You know, I mean, it's 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 the it's 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 the latest iteration of a blood libel, um, yeah. and I'm sure they will keep pounding that, pounding, they keep beating that drum even even after the war is over. Um, and, and and to your point about how 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 Democrats are 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 doing anything about it, just look at the fact that Rashida Tlaib, you know, she was censured, um, a, a while ago, um. For for saying from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That is a call for genocide. And uh, look at how many Democrats vote against that censure. I I'm pretty sure only a handful joined the Republicans in censuring her in the House. Um, and, and among the Democrats that didn't censure her, or Democrats, I, I won't name any names, but 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 among the Democrats that voted against the censure are are Democrats who are thought to be allies of of Israel and Jewish community. Um. And and some that were some that are Jewish. So, yeah, I, I mean, like, unfortunately, when it comes to the squad in the House, like so many of, of the Democrats, but both houses of Congress are just too afraid to criticize them because because they don't want to um, because they don't want to endure the wrath of, of, of the progressive base. And, that, and that's a very serious problem. You know, the, the Republicans have have usually been pretty good about um uh, 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 about uh, about taking action against anti-Semites in the party, yeah. uh, and, and, and for the Democrats, that is not, it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. It's Steve King. Was that his name? Yeah, <clears throat> that was kicked out of Congress. Yeah, they yeah. was they the whole party endorsed his primary opponent, and yeah, they they got him out of there. Yeah, it's exactly. a so a couple things. Like one, <laughs> it seems like the American press, obviously aside from you guys, Jewish Journal, and, and a couple others, they haven't really been talking much about the actual war. Um, it's more just like the reaction, you know, to Israel and, and people attacking Israel and stuff like that. But it's like there's been a couple mass surrenders of Hamas fighters in the last two weeks in Gaza. I mean, Israel is destroying Hamas a lot quicker than a lot of people thought. Um, so what is the latest on the ground from from the actual war itself which isn't really being discussed you know like this isn't it seems like all the, the coverage by american journalists is like this is what israel should do or this is what biden should say and you don't even hear about it's like okay what, what's actually happening like what what's like what is the status of the war itself um yeah well I, 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 and i'll say also that a lot of times when the media covers um these these wars these conflicts between israel and and hamas or, and palestinian terrorists it, it's like they always talk about israel like, like you see a lot of coverage about Israel bombing Gaza and all the destruction, you know, as if, as if it just happened in the vacuum and, and not, you know, a response to, you know, Hamas massacring 1,200 civilians um, and, and, and taking, like, uh, they were taking over 200 people hostage. Um, and so, um, I mean, so the latest on the ground, I, I, there was that very tragic, very sad situation of, of the Israelis accidentally uh, killing three three hostages yeah um 
and I, which is I mean, I, I, it's it's really a, a terrible and sad thing. Um, and uh, I think the best explanation I, I, I saw in, in terms of why that happened came from a guy named Yair Rosenberg, and I think he works at the Atlantic now, um, who said, because he points out that Hamas, you know, a lot of times they, you know, they, they sometimes hide in civilian street clothes. And so sometimes it's hard to know, like, when you're in Gaza, like, who is a terrorist and who isn't. Um, and so... As again, idea of, of of just how sinister and evil Hamas is. They, uh, it, it. I, I read a report that in these tunnels, sometimes they would put these dolls in there with uh, bugs with uh, recordings in Hebrew to make the Israeli soldiers think that they're actually hostages when they're actually like, um, you know, that they're actually a way to try and lure Israelis into a trap. So, um. So that so that's what these that's what Israelis are dealing with in Gaza, um, and so outside of that, as you said, that there have been a lot of mass surrenders happening, um, a lot of Hamas ter terrorists surrendering to uh, Israel. That's uh, that's that's always a very positive development, and, and hopefully more and more uh, do so. Um, there are also reports coming that um, so. Hamas, right? Like one of the thorniest issues in the war right now is the, the, the tunnels, because I guess Hamas, you know, they they hide out in, in these sprawling layers of tunnels underneath Gaza, and that's probably where a, a lot of these hostages are being held. Um, and so one of the ways these ways are going to deal with it, it sounds like they're going to actually like pump seawater into these tunnels and just literally flush them out. Um, I don't, I don't know what status that is, but, but I, I'm sure once that happens, you know, that's gonna really go a long way toward uh, it dismantling the Hamas infrastructure. And so, um, and now, like as you and I were talking about before, before we started recording, um, like the, like the, these Hamas leaders, they have been, um, give, they have been, they would say they've been in Qatar, and now they're fleeing Qatar. You know, so they're obviously scared. Um, and and it it's just to show that Israel is going to win this thing sooner rather than later. Um, so you know, I just all I can say is is Godspeed IDF. You know, like I I keep on doing what you're doing. Um, and hopefully hopefully the Biden administration doesn't backstab them, which is kind of what they've been doing lately. I it doesn't seem like Israel's gonna. It doesn't seem like they really care too much what's coming out of Washington right now. Yeah, which they really shouldn't. Right. You know, it doesn't. You know, they don't need. Yeah. They don't need American military assets or anything like that. Um, but uh, like, what one question? We're running out of time, but I want to get your opinion on this. And it's obviously too soon to to know what this is going to look like. Obviously, the war needs to end first. You know, the Hamas leadership is going to get wiped out sooner or later. Um, but like, I've been thinking of doing some a lot of reading on this. I'm trying to imagine a scenario where there isn't a prolonged reoccupation of Gaza after the war is over. You know, it's like, I mean, Israel does not want to do that. I, I can't imagine. I mean, because they're going to lose a lot of soldiers. They're going to lose lives. You know, just to have soldiers in there for a year or two years or whatever, just as kind of sitting ducks, you know, open to ambush, terrorist attacks, stuff like that, is not what anybody wants. But it's like short of, and this isn't going to happen, but like short of like the Egyptians totally changing course you know like israel's offered the gaza strip to egypt straight up like you can take it 
Like, there you go. Beachfront property. You take the whole thing. Make it part of Egypt. And they were like, no, we want nothing to do with these people. When the Jordanians took in yeah. Palestinian refugees, they tried to overthrow the government. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, and obviously Jordan wants nothing to do with them either. So it's like, short of a, an Arab country governing Gaza, at least temporarily, like, is there going to be a prolonged—it just seems to me like it's almost unavoidable that there is going to be a prolonged, at least a year, where Israel's going to have to occupy and rebuild Gaza. I don't know. What, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's definitely a thorny question because, um, because yeah, I, because that's the most realistic outcome. Be, because if they just, like, leave Gaza after after the war is over, then they're going to—then— Another terrorist group is going to arise in Gaza that Israel is going to have to deal with. Um, you know, that's, that's always how things go in the Middle East. It seems like you know, it's like when you topple one, 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 one regime, it gets replaced with something worse. Um, and so, um, I think, and I think at least for a certain period of time, there's going to be an occupation of Gaza. And so. The only the only viable option is if like there's some sort of like demilitarized government in there that the Israelis can trust, you know, and the Israelis can trust the help can help the can trust to help you know protect them from terrorists that that it, uh, in Gaza. And so, but is there anyone that they can really trust that 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 can, that can do that in Gaza? I you know I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean you it's know? not so, like they can't trust the. Palestinian Authority, and even if they, I mean, there was an assassination no. attempt on Mahmoud Abbas last month because he's not radical enough. So it's like, yeah, I, I, there are postponing data that shows that if, if elections were held today in the West Bank, Hamas would win. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, Palestinian Authority, like they are not allies either. I mean, they they pay terrorists to kill Jews, and that includes, by the way, in Gaza too. So that means all those Hamas terrorists that were involved in the massacre. You know, they all they're all getting paid by the Palestinian Authority for what they yeah. did. So, yeah. I, I mean, they they are, they cannot be trusted to run Gaza. You know, like that that cannot happen. Like they cannot just hand off Gaza to the Palestinian Authority and just everything will be okay. And and I think the Israelis know that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, it's hard to see any, any other scenario at this point other than a prolonged reoccupation of Gaza. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely. Um, it's not. It's it, there. There are no easy answers here, unfortunately. Right. Um. And I think once the war is over, we're we're going to see a lot of, a lot of like lengthy debates in Israel as as to what should be done. And of course, you'll you'll get. I'm sure the Biden administration it will will try and like impose their will on Israel in that regard, as like the EU and some other Western countries. Israel should. And I think they will ignore all those suggestions and just do what they have to do to survive because they have to. Yeah. Um, and and what what people don't understand so. too, these debates in Israel like <clears throat> like there there is the right and the left similar to here in England and everywhere else in the west. But when it comes to Gaza, man, like the Israeli government, even the Israeli hard left is pretty damn unified in their yeah. goals here. I mean, it's not like there's no real there's no doves in Israel, man. Yeah, not like, anymore. It, aside from maybe, you know, the 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 Arabs that are in the Knesset you know, but aside from that, I mean, it's just eh, those people are gone, you know, like it's they're they're not even the left and the center and, you know, BB's party and the military and everybody. I mean, they're like completely unified in, in their goals in Gaza. So it's just like, you know, people in America just don't understand 
what how political debates work in Israel in a in a country that has basically yeah. been in constant war for seventy five years. Yeah, well, and even the leader of the main Arab party in the Knesset, like he condemned the, the Hamas massacre, and I, and it sounds like he understands like what needs to happen in, in Gaza, you know, to for Israel to to defend itself. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, is is that and the reason why like you don't see any really dovish um, Israeli politicians anymore is because you know in the '90s that there were the Oslo Accords. Um, that were thought to be, you know, like that was thought to be peace in our time, you know, and and then the second intifada happened, you know, yeah. a, a, the way a, a wave of Palestinian terror attacks. So people have to understand, like, like when you hear these chants of intifada, intifada revolution, uh, like, like what they what, what they mean by that is like terror, like waste terror attacks, is uh, like you know there was like bombings at like bus at like buses. Um, at pizzerias and stuff, you know. I, I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a bloody wave of terror attacks for several years. The yeah. second intifada, until Israel um, built uh, the, their security barrier in the West Bank, and, and that, and then uh, the terror attacks tapered off significantly. Um, but the point is, is, is that after that happened, I think these the Israelis woke up and realized, hey, you know, this double strategy, it's, 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 it's not going to work. And, you know, with the Palestinians, it's just not, you know. And so that's why when it comes to national security issues in, in Israel, like everyone on the political stretch is unified in, in terms of like doing what needs to be done to Israel to protect themselves. Um, and so, and that's what, and, and I think what we're seeing in terms of the political response right now in Israel is, you know, it, it, it's fucked up a bit. You know, I mean, I mean, there's a reason why there's an emergency uh, unity government right now in Israel is because you know they're all unified in this war to you know for its. For their own survival, you know, because because they all understand that they, they need to be unified to to survive as a nation. And to like, you know, for people who don't really know much about Israel, try to put that, try to think of it in American terms. I mean, like Benjamin Netanyahu is not popular. You know, he's he has all these no. corruption charges against him. Which are all bogus, by the way. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I don't know anything about it. I'm I, I'm not. Trust me, you're you're the expert, not me. So I'll take your word for it. But um, you know, like just it's like, I mean, imagine. I mean, it's just hard. It's hard to equate anybody to like Biden and Trump because like they're just Biden's a thousand, Trump's a giant clown, and we live in clown world. So it's but it's so like the it's just it's weird. It's weird to even think about it in American terms. But it's just like take it like a deeply unpopular president. And then have like the military, both Democrats and Republicans, and everybody completely unite behind that guy, all under the same banner, after the same goals. It's like it would be the most bizarre thing ever. It, like you know, it wasn't even like that after nine eleven. You know, like it wasn't like yeah, George Bush was very popular, but it wasn't that. It wasn't quite the same. You know, it wasn't to the same extent. So it's like it's hard for people here to understand, especially now, like how polarized the United States is now. It's just hard to understand that it's just not it, you. You can't. It just nothing fits into like that nice, clean, like left versus right box that like say yeah. American journalists like would would like everything to fit into. It just doesn't work. That's just not how Israel works right now. No, it's not. Um, and I think what Israel went went through. I mean, it's the if we for. Israel has only has nine million people in it, as, as, and so we, we, it, what they went through on October seventh was the equivalent of like nine or ten nine elevens. You know, it, it's a, that 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 level of a massacre, and so um, 
this is put all in perspective. Right. And so, and, and I think, and the reason why BP is so unpopular right now, and, and so, I mean, the fact is that all year BP's been kind of a polarizing figure because his government, he has a, a coalition of what his critics would would, uh, would say are are members are, are like far right extremists in the coalition. Um, I think there's perhaps a, 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 some truth to that, um, and so, um, a, a, but they've also been trying to put in like this controversial judicial reform all year, and there's been all these protests in Israel about it. Um, so even before October 7th happened, like BB was a very polarizing figure, and now um, I, I think right now like everyone sort of blames him for 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 for, for, for the massacre because, um, and but that I mean I mean it, it's like you know. From this perspective, it's like, dude, like, how did you not, like, like, how could you not protect us? You know, because that's like the that's like the number one priority uh, of, of any government, really, but especially in Israel, we're surrounded by people who want you dead. It, it's yeah. like that is like you have to go all out of making sure people are safe, and Israel was caught off guard uh, on October seventh, and it's like, well, like, how could that happen? You know, and I think people are people are asking that question because, like, I. How could this happen? Like, how how could how was this not even a possibility in your mind? Like, how you not even prepared for it? Yeah, you know? I mean, so especially. Over, oh yeah, there's going to be a reckoning, I'm sure, when the war's there's over. There's going to be a major reckoning, and I, I think the best comparison is, um, you know, in 1973, the Yom Kippur War, but like that that was a surprise attack. Um, I, I, I mean, not not the same way that October 7th was. Um, but it was it was a surprise seconds against Israel. And Golda Meir was the prime minister at the time, and she Golda Meir today is revered in Israel. She's she's viewed as Israel's Iron Lady. Um, but after Yom and she led them to victory in the Yom Kippur War. Um, but she was blamed for 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 that war even happening to begin with, being attacked to begin with, and she uh, was voted out. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so I think BB we're going to see something similar. Um, and uh, but I think, but as I said today, you know, Golden Meir is, is viewed quite positively by Israelis. I think when all is said and done, BB will be viewed in the same way. But it, this is definitely a very dark, a very dark stain on on, on his record for sure. Yeah, especially because um, you know both the CIA and the Egyptians did warn. Israel that something was was going on in Gaza um yeah yeah there's definitely going to be um whenever this is over you know however long this takes there's definitely going to be I, I assume there's going to be major changes and um I'll, I'll let you go man I know we're over time but I, I encourage yeah. everybody to read um Aaron's reporting I've been reading it a lot because you know I it's it's just tough to I want to read about what's actually going to ha- what what's actually happening on the ground yeah. and there's so little of that it's all commentary it's all spin and it's like I, I just I don't need any of that in my life, you know. I, I want to actually yeah. get to the facts, figure out what's going on, and you know, nobody better to follow than than Aaron Bandler over on Twitter. Where can everybody read your stuff, follow you, all that good stuff? Uh, you can read my stuff at Jewish Journal, JewishJournal.com. Follow me on Twitter at Bandler's Bands. And I'll just say that there's a lot of good uh, reporting and writing at the Jewish Journal, not just from me, uh, about what's what's going on in Israel. So you know, I mean, it definitely like we have a lot of good writers at the Jewish Journal. You know, ch- check them all out. Not just me. Absolutely. Everybody follow Aaron. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks.